Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. I don't know what this voice is, but this is Justin Monorail. And joining me today is Lennon Monorail, special guest co-pilot. You've seen him maybe featured as a producer on our Twitter account. He's one of our cats. But also, who is across from me? Samantha Monorail. <laughs> and in between us. Garrett, no last name. Garrett, no last name given. <laughs> and the fourth and missing person has as no, usual. no fourth no first or last name given. McKenna Monorail will not be joining us today again. Nope. Does she exist? Is she a myth? They've Who heard knows? her once or she twice. Is, no, sh- she is legend. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the unicorn, you know? She's like Ultra Mega Chicken. Yeah, Ultra Mega Chicken. <laughs> um, so speaking of legend, while it's on our mind... We just now watched the Aladdin live-action teaser trailer. Yep. And I wanted to get fresh reaction because Garrett hadn't seen it. I've, I've seen it a couple times now, but I just saw it today, and you saw it previously. So, mm-hmm. Garrett, just based on the little that you see in that trailer, what did you think? I mean, I like the bird. But you like Iago because you're a fan of burbs. It, it was kind of meh, the rest of it. Nothing much to get excited about? Mm-mm. What did you think, Sam? Well, obviously, they're not like showing a whole lot right now. It is just the very beginning. Um, I felt like whenever uh, Aladdin was walking into the cave, he looked like instead of Aladdin, like the haggard old man or something. Like Jafar in the cartoon looks like the creepy old man for you know him to convince Aladdin to go into this cave. And as Aladdin was walking in, he was all hunched over and walking all weird. Like, his arms were all dangly, and then he stands up straight, and you can tell it's Aladdin. But I was like, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> so, they, like you said, they don't show much. You get a, a couple little flavors of the soundtrack. Songs we're familiar, familiar with. Yeah. Familiar with. Um, we get to see, really, the only characters we really get to see are Aladdin and Iago. Yeah. Um, you don't see anybody else. We see the lamp at the end of it. Aladdin um, looked almost fake, too, when he was getting the lamp. I think yeah. he had a lot of makeup well, on. He doesn't think, look like Aladdin. Well, of course. It's not going to look exactly like the cartoon. But, um, it kind of looks like he has facial hair. It's going to be interesting because this movie, obviously, is going to have to have a lot of special effects. And so it's going to be a mixture I mean, we didn't see what Genie's going to look like at all. We no. Know, we know that's going to be Will Smith. That's so crazy. It is weird. But honestly, who could... I don't think you could pick anybody to step in and try to fill Robin Williams' shoes as Genie. And at least you want to get somebody with a really big personality. Well, and kudos to Will for trying to make that happen. Yeah. That's a big thing. It is. <laughs> and, and hopefully it's kind of going to be like the... Um, 
like Jared Leto's Joker. It's not going to try to recapture what they did with Heath Ledger, right? It's a totally different thing. Maybe they'll try that a little bit with Will Smith. I like, doubt it. He's going to be a lot like You think he's going to try Robin to recapture Williams. the Robin Williams yeah. thing? I don't know. They shouldn't try that. But anyway, I think what, what we'll see is that maybe Aladdin looks a little weird because they're going to have to mix a lot of CGI with live action. Like Iago kind of looks weird. It doesn't look like a regular bird. He, you know, from the trailer, it looked like a normal parrot flying. Kind of, but they didn't train a parrot to fly across a sweeping desert landscape. You know, no, no he de- he looked he looked CGI, but like he looked like a normal looking parrot. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. Overall, how do you feel about the live action remakes that Disney's been doing? For their movies, we've seen I like the Jungle the, Book. I like the Beauty and the Beast one. Beauty and the Beast was good. You know, Mulan's mm. coming. Did we see um, the Jungle Book? We we yeah, did. We did. Yeah. Did I see it? We did. Yeah, you watched it with us. Oh, obviously, it made an impression. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, and the Lion King is on the way. So that's weird. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I think that it's fine, but they don't have to do that. They uh, they can let the cartoons be the cartoons. I don't. Some people just don't appreciate cartoons. Well, I think they know it's an easy way to make a lot of money too, because they're capitalizing on these were hits as cartoons, and they're getting big names to star in the live action movies like Emma Watson in Beauty and the Beast, right? Bringing people in, Josh Gad. Everybody knows Josh Gad now. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I. I I think I understand why they're doing it. As long as they do it well, I think it's good. I really liked Beauty and the Beast. I thought it was good. I liked Jungle Book too. Um, and I and I don't think that you would rate them against each other. They're totally different things, you know, the cartoon versus live action. So right, different kinds of experiences. But I'm okay with it. Um, and we'll see. There's a, there's several more coming at us, so might as well get used to the idea. Yep. Um. Okay. Let's move on to some Walt Disney World Resort-specific news this week. Did I say today's October 15th in this Uh, episode 26? If I didn't, there it is again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, just this past week, Disney announced that in 2018, they're bringing back the Ultimate Disney Christmas Package. So, this was a very popular vacation package uh, in the previous year, and they're doing it again this year. And so, this will be... um, You can... Purchase the popular festive vacation package between October 22nd and December 2nd, and you must be arriving on December 17th and departing on the 22nd. So if you remember, there was a similar package we talked about before where every day there were some like preset activities um, that you would experience for the fall. So this is specifically for the Christmas season. So here are the things that you get to experience as part of this package on each day. December 17th, exclusive nighttime extra magic hour access to Toy Story Land. Oh, cool. December 18th, one ticket per person um, to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Oh, nice. December 19th, exclusive nighttime extra magic hour access to select Disney Animal Kingdom attractions. The 20th, early morning access to shopping at World at the World of Disney Store and Disney Springs Christmas Tree Trail experience. Uh, and then December 21st... First? Yeah, December 21st, exclusive holiday-themed buffet dinner event at the World Showplace Events Pavilion in Epcot. Oh, cool. It's only available for guests staying for five nights at select Disney Moderate Deluxe or Deluxe Villa Resorts, and you have to purchase a four-day park hopper. 
And it starts at 175 per person per night for a family of four in a standard room at uh, so if you're if the, if you're a family of four you're in a standard room at the Disney Port Orleans Riverside you could have the package for three thousand five hundred. Okay, that's right about where you would be if you just booked all that stuff on your own. Yeah, it's, I mean it seems like a pretty good deal. The the extra Magic Hour access to Toy Story Land would be nice. The um, nighttime access to the Animal Kingdom attractions, depending on what those are, those might include Pandora, but it doesn't say specifically. Um, the holiday-themed buffet dinner would be nice. So you're getting things, like if you were just doing a regular stay during that period of time for five nights for four people, it's going to be around $3,500, I would say, but you're getting a lot of extra stuff, so it's a pretty good deal. And you're getting the extra, um, the Very Merry Christmas Party access, so. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well... We've been talking about it for a while. I, th- I think we should go ahead and address something that um, has been an, a, a long, ongoing joke probably since we started this podcast. You know, when we do previews for each month, we like to talk about the refurbishment schedule in the parks. And then when we talk about Magic Kingdom, I always like to remind you that Stitch is closed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we know. <laughs> well, this week, well, there have been some leaked images on Twitter that show what appear to be a totally stripped-down Stitch animatronic, like, to the bare bones. Oh. Like, it looks like it's just been junked. Oh. Yeah. So, there's a new Twitter account that just jumped up in the last couple of weeks, and it's called Backdoor Disney, at Backdoor Disney. Mm-hmm. They've been posting some pictures online. Not only showed the animatronics from Stitch's Great, Great Escape looking like they were on the junk pile, but also... The chairs from the um, auditorium, the circular room, uh-huh. and the main attraction part. It's kind of torn out okay. in, in a pile. I mean, yeah. So, so it's over with. Seems it like it's... Like, yeah. So stop talking about it. <laughs> but it hasn't been confirmed by Disney yet, so I still have to let people know that it's closed for oh my gosh. refurbishment. Hey, just in case y'all want to know, Stitch is closed for refurbishment. Yeah, yeah y'all, it's closed. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Don't try to ride it anytime soon. Y'all. Y'all. <laughs> I just wanted to mention this really quick because we had talked about the remaining schedule for or the Eat to the Beat concert series as part of the International Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all excited because Smash Mouth was going to be performing. Yeah. Well, for one reason or another, they dropped out. Oh. They were supposed to perform by the time you're listening to this podcast, yet uh, it would they would have performed Saturday and Sunday, so this previous weekend. They dropped out, but they were replaced by Sister Hazel. <laughs> well, they had one song. I think Smash Mouth probably dropped out because their career is kind of, you know, everyone knows them for Shrek, and that's all. Nowadays. That's true nowadays. But don't you think that maybe they'd want to get out there and, and perform? Maybe get some new fans? I don't know. And they were pretty popular when we were in high school. They had other songs. See, that's that's what I was saying. They were good, and then yeah. everyone was like, ha-ha, that's the Shrek song. Yeah, they kind of became a joke. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. I guess if I were them, I'd want to get out and perform as much as possible. And Me if too. I'm getting paid for it, Heck let, yeah. let people remember who we were. Yes. We were Smash Mouth. Um, well, so you didn't get to see Smash Mouth. Hopefully you saw Sister Hazel. If you're going to be in the park in Epcot this coming week... The, the upcoming concerts for October 15th and 16th are 98 Degrees. So, oh, Nick Lachey. <laughs> October 17th and 18th is 38 Special. 
And then the 19th and 21st, the Devin Allman Project. There you go. Cool. I don't know who Devin Allman is. But cool. I would imagine that has something to do with the Allman Brothers. Because um, I don't know for sure either. That makes sense. Yeah. Is it spelled like that? Yeah, it's it's definitely Allman. I'm just going to Google it really fast while we're talking about it. Because I hate to be wrong right here on a podcast. But Devin Allman is a guitarist. He is the son of musician Greg Allman. And has appeared uh, occasionally as a as a guest musician for Greg Allman and the Allman Brothers Band. So, mm-hmm. so this is a son uh-huh. of I uh, get Greg it. Allman. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't know anything about Devin Allman. I don't either, but I do know his dad. <laughs> Apparently, his genre is blues rock. This week, it was announced that cuties have become the official citrus fruit of the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland. I love cuties. Yeah. Once you unwrap them, it's like a little sweet treat. We're so we're we're definitely fans of cuties in this house. Disney has a, an official citrus, and it is the cutie. Why? It's kind of funny, you know. Well, I guess cuties are good. I guess no, no, not like why do they have an official citrus? Because Sponsors. cuties was willing to pay them money to be the official yeah. citrus, and they're not going to turn it down. Just like baby bells all over Toy Story yeah, Land. Exactly. Now you're going to be able to get cuties from. Numerous food and beverage areas throughout the parks. I, I actually love think it's, cuties. I think it's a good idea because cuties are easily to e- easier to manage than a full size orange. Yeah, you can grab a cutie, peel it. How much are they going to charge you for one of these things? A buck? No, why? That's a lot at Disney, right? Oh, yeah, Disney. Well, <laughs> it think, should just come with a meal. And maybe it will Probably because will. yeah, especially like with the kids' with meals, they've got the healthy options. Maybe we'll they they'll probably have like a little cup of sliced up. Yeah, I think that they'll give you an which actual is... cutie, and you just peel it, which isn't hard. Yeah. But I need like four of them. I just take a <laughs> bite out of it because they're so tiny. Yeah, well, Garrett eats the rind. Mm-hmm. It's tasty. All right, the last piece of news that I had today is kind of sad news, but it's not super sad. It's just. I mean, if you're going to be traveling to Disney between 2020 and 2022... That's a long time. <laughs> two years. You're going to want to be aware that uh, Disney will be closing Spaceship Earth for a lengthy two-year refurbishment. And then it will open up for Epcot's 40th anniversary in 2022. And it's it's really all about the facelift, the, the reimagining we keep hearing that Epcot's getting. Yeah. McKenna would this call this the Epcot ball. Yeah, a lot. Of, I think a Epcot lot of people do. Ball. That's a how lot. she says it. Yeah, Epcot ball. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people call it that. We try to tell her, listen, you got to be a little more professional. You're on a Disney podcast now. <laughs> it is Spaceship Earth. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's not going away. It's not closing forever. Of course, I don't. I I would be shocked if Spaceship Earth ever totally went away, but. It would be really weird to go into Epcot and not be able to ride Spaceship Earth because it's yeah. one of my favorite rides in Epcot. And it's like really big and like it's the center. Yeah. And it's still going to be there as a as something to see from the outside. Superficially, I don't think it's going to change. Mm-mm. It's going to be all the guts are going to, I guess, I don't know. I what mean, if they do change the outside? What would they change it to? No, I think they're going to leave that alone. Paint it gold. What? <laughs> For paint- the 50th. Paint it gold. Mm, Gold this, spaceship Earth. This doesn't uh, sound right. Put Fortnite Gold on plated. It. 
Fortnite. Get all the kids to go inside Spaceship Earth. <laughs> yeah, they want it to be popular for more than like a couple of weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> Fortnite's going to burn out soon. But 2022, nobody's going to be playing Fortnite anymore. You don't know. I'm just saying stuff that tends to be really popular, pop, popular, mm-hmm. popular with the teens tends to be like burn super hot for a short period of time and then it's gone. Yeah. And then it's, it's something you all make fun of. It's kind of like their attention span, short lived. That's right. Ooh, well, sick burn. It's like you hear about it a lot for a while, but then whenever you stop hearing about it, you think it's like totally gone, but still millions of people play it. Mm-hmm. Just like Overwatch and Minecraft, how no one talks about them anymore, but they're still very popular. Thanks for schooling us, honey. <laughs> His pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all the news and notes I have for today. Okay. So why don't we take a break? Yep. We're going to hop over to M34D. We're keeping the theme spooky for the month of October. And we will return in segment number three. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me every week and again today is Landon the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back to the Monorail. It's always fun to join you on a spooky edition of the M34D. It is getting spookier as we go. And, um, you know, we're going to stick with the theme for M34D today. We started it last week talking about Snow White's adventure slash Snow White's scary adventure. Um, and <laughs> Scary was in parentheses. It remember. was. It was in parentheses. Added later to the special edition. <laughs> After it terrified everybody. I think George Lucas got involved in that special edition. <laughs> no, no, you're thinking of a different attraction. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um so we'll get to that later, but for today, number two on our list of scary attractions for Spooktober, we're going to talk all about Mr. Toad and his wild ride. You go to hell. <laughs> you, you absolutely do. As we were kind of discussing this ride before we got into the recording, Landon and I were kind of bouncing it around. He doesn't really remember riding it. I have some memories of it, and my memories were... This wasn't necessarily a very scary experience. And as a child, I would say going through it, you probably just thought it was a fun, silly ride because you're in these jalopies, they're kind of slinging you around, and then there's a lot of loud noises, cartoon characters, and at the end, you get to see some fun little guys with horns and pitchforks, and you're like, oh, that's cool, and then you're done. You probably don't really get the story that's being told. At least I know I didn't as a child. I was just more, you know... It's it's sensory overload. Movement, sound, lights, and uh, it was just, you're getting whipped around. You weren't really suffering the whiplash that you would if, like, Justin of this age would ride that ride at this point. <laughs> After you get off, you have to take a Dramamine and lay down for, like, 15 minutes. Exactly. So, a little motion sickness, a little pain. You might have to put on your neck brace. Um, <laughs> but, it was, so, it wasn't scary, per se. It wasn't a scary experience, but... 
it definitely was uncharacteristic in terms of the dark rides that we have at any of the Walt Disney World Resort uh, parks in that this particular ride, the story it tells is pretty dark. And we're going to get into it as we go, but let's just talk about what it was inspired from. So as, as with a lot of the attractions we've talked about that were day one attractions, this actually was based on an IP so a movie that that came out in actually in 1908 um, originally and it was called a wind in the willows Landon have you ever seen a wind in the willows the wind in the willows? I I think I might have seen it on uh, on what those old compilation VHSs that Disney used to put out but at the same time I could be uh, thinking of a different uh, okay. animated version that uh, that had both mr. toad and Ichabod in it so. yeah yeah exactly and uh, so one of the two segments on The Wind and the Willows uh, was the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. So this dark ride was really based on characters um, from that story, and it's all based around Mr. Toad. So, And you're kind of experiencing, again, the ride through his eyes. You are Mr. Toad driving this jalopy. It seems like a common concept with a lot of these original attractions, um, putting you in, you know, in the first person point of view. And um, you're really on a ride to nowhere, as the soundtrack kind of suggested. The, the sound, the song that actually plays throughout the ride is called no, uh, A Ride to uh, Nowhere in Particular is the name of the well, song. <laughs> very appropriate. And it's just based on the way Toad uh, drives around. Guy had some issues behind the wheel. So it is crazy. You're being slung around, and you're not just like outdoors. You're driving through libraries. You're driving through a, a courtroom. Depending, don't forget on, the tavern. You're driving through a tavern. You're driving through hit, like Mr. Toad's study, and you end up going right through the fireplace. Um, this guy, I don't know who gave him a license, but obviously, <laughs> it was a very irresponsible choice for whoever made that decision um, because it was dangerous for everyone involved. Um, this guy, it almost reminded me, as I'm re-watching the videos, uh, it reminded me of like the opening segments of Naked Gun movies, where <laughs> if you remember the <laughs> tiny car and you saw the siren, it's just like whipping through like women's locker rooms and the mall and like a deli and it's, it's people are jumping out of the way. That's really kind of the experience of this ride. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, another movie that came to mind while uh, I, I, too, was watching the videos was that scene in the Blues Brothers, where the Blues Brothers decide to drive their car through a mall. Exactly. That's probably an even better comparison um, and, and a little more uh, maybe – well, they're both about this from the same time. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 say, I don't know if one is more recent than the other. I yeah. mean, I'm sure one is, but at the same time, I think they both come from that you know same time period. Yeah. So for you youngins out there, if you haven't watched Blues Brothers – not Blues Brothers 2000 – Lord Almighty, no. Do not watch Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> Blues, Jay and I will personally yeah. come to your house and sit you down. There will be repercussions, and we'll watch Blues Brothers together. Um, exactly. And then we'll also watch some of the Naked Gun movies, um, because it, at least the opening segment, because they're totally worth your time, especially if you're into silly humor. But I digest. Um, <laughs> so let's kind of talk it through. So actually, this was a Disneyland attraction that, again, was brought over to Walt Disney World for day one, opened October 1st in 1971, and um, they made a few changes from the Disneyland version. Firstly, this was a very popular ride at Disneyland, so they decided to make actually two boarding areas, a left track and a right track. Um, this helped to move the lines through a little quicker. And then the other piece was they added two rows of seats in the jalopy, not just one. So 
four people can put their lives in danger uh, riding with a toad <laughs> uh, instead of just two. And, and uh, I also thought it was cool with the two diverging uh, paths, both left and right. There were there were differences, so you could get on the left and then get on the right to get. You, you know, you still end up in the same place. Spoiler alert: hell. But <laughs> uh, but there are different ways to get there. I thought I thought that was a cool touch. Yeah, it's nice, and there are different scenes you go through. So left track versus right track. Um, personally and and i don't remember as a child if i rode both or which one i rode but as i watched and you can go on youtube and you can watch the videos of both tracks i think i'm more of a right track guy um i really like the courtroom scene and you don't get that in the left track you end up going through the tavern which is cool well i was gonna say i'm 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 team lefty over here because you know left-handed people are awesome and also you get to go to a bar (laughs) yeah and there's a guy juggling beers which is pretty cool um (laughs) Seems kind of wasteful, but yeah, it's a it's, it's a neat trick. <laughs> yeah. um, both of them have some similar elements. I mean, you end up going through a hallway that has all these signs that say "wrong way," "turn around," "no do not bad," enter, "do yeah. not enter." All that they both have that. You end up uh, the tracks do converge at one point where they are actually in kind of like a town square type area, and so you can actually see both tracks going through that same area, and then they depart again, diverge, if you will, but they end the same way. In a, in a very sad, violent uh, kind of a way, you end up getting hit by a train. Whoops, don't you hate it when that happens? Yeah. You die, and you go directly to the bad place. Not the good place, show on Netflix. You go to the bad place. <laughs> yeah, apparently, uh, I don't know if you did some stuff in this life personally or if Mr. Toad did some stuff in his life personally that uh, did not put you in the good place. I think you're paying for the crimes of Mr. Toad, if I'm going to be honest. I think it, I think this is more of like a cautionary tale of uh, drunk driving. That's that's mm, okay. th- that's what I that's what I take from it, and and I'm not the only one. That's something that I've read as well. I happen to agree with that theory. I think that's really what it was all about. But did we really need to give that message to the I don't know five, six, seven year olds <laughs> or younger, you know, that were well, riding this ride? It is an important message, so I guess the earlier you start hammering it in, the more likely it'll take by the time they're you know of age to drink. That's true. And drive, but That's not true. not at the same time. Hammer it in there, so then they get that visceral response later when they're sitting in a bar and friends are like, "Hey, you need a ride," and then they get these flashbacks to the the devils popping out behind fire and you know the Don't creepy. Don't forget the dragon that tries to burn you to death. The dragon, hell. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the talk hell about dragon. Talk about adding insult to injury. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're already in a fire of uh, of eternal flames, but now there's a dragon. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, it's. That's a little over the top. That's that's gilding the lily, I think, is what, is what I'll call it. Um, yeah, that sounds crazy. <laughs> um, one of the things I kind of like about this ride, I mean, I like a lot about this ride. I like that the... Um, the the environments, the um, the stage, the scenes that you go through are relatively simple. Like, this isn't like a high-tech ride in terms of props and scenery. A lot of it was like 2D. Um, the characters were like cut out, you know, boards um, and just cartoon-looking characters. There, there were a few things that were kind of 3D-ish, um, and I just mean 3D in that they had dimension. Like, there was a suit of armor that would kind of lean over and fall on you and, and different things like that. But really, for the most part, it's simple, you know, dark. They use a lot of lights. They use a lot of sound to evoke emotion. And it's just, and, and you, when you add that in with kind of whipping you around, you don't have a ton of time to look at anything that's around you. So I guess that's probably why they didn't go like crazy with animatronics or, or anything that was super um, high tech special effects. And plus the art style that they used on this relatively simple, you know, flat, non, non 3D uh, 
objects, even though it does whip you around very fast, they're still very visually engaging. So, so with all the colors and especially with the way the the lighting setup, I, I think I think that was actually a pretty good uh, design choice. Yeah, it's simple but effective. Yeah. I mm-hmm. Yes. Didn't mean to. I, I'm not putting it down by any sense of the imagination. I just, I just think that. Me, you know, on the other hand, I'm totally putting it you're, down. No, you're, you're <laughs> accusing me, sir. <laughs> I'm putting somebody down. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, it was simple. It did the trick, and I mean, I gotta tell you, I, I remember enjoying the ride as a child. I would love to know what that experience would be like as an adult. The good news is, you can find out because this ride still exists just like Snow White's Scary Adventure, at the Disneyland Park in California. So it's gone in Magic Kingdom, uh, but not forgotten and not gone across the world. It's it's still out there. And, and I really think, Snow White included, I think these are rides that are probably not going to go anywhere um, in Disneyland, considering, um, I think th- there's a very short list of original attractions in Disneyland that are still operational, and these are on them. So um, that, that, to me, makes them a little more... Uh, untouchable, I guess, uh, but but not so in Magic Kingdom. So it was. No, and I, I thought it was interesting in Magic Kingdom, at least in doing research uh, on my and one of the reasons they uh, they decided to tear down uh, this ride in the Magic Kingdom was they realized they had enough room for an attraction and a gift shop. So mm-hmm. they so, so they tore down Mr. Toad's Wild Ride to build up uh, what uh, the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh and a gift shop as you exit. Oh, of course. I gotta tell you, the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh gift shop. I, I probably like it more than that ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess uh, mission accomplished on Disney's aspect. But uh, speaking of the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh, there is a uh, a tip of the cap in the uh, in the ride. If you know where to look, there's a picture of I just blanked on the owl's name from Winnie the Pooh. We'll call him Owl. owl. The owl. I think it's Owl, right? Okay. Sweet, sure, we'll go with it. It, it. Remember, if it's on a podcast, it must be true. But there's a picture of Owl and Mr. Toad together, and in the picture, Mr. Toad is handing over what looks like the deed to the property where yeah. the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh now now is. Exactly, and we're going to see uh, more of that as we continue to dig into rides that are uh, that have changed or converted or been you know uh, totally overhauled. Um, Disney does a really good job of doing those nods to the past. So it's, it, it, again, it's not forgotten. It was there, and they're paying tribute in one way or another. And actually, that's not the only way that they've paid tribute to Mr. Toad in the Magic Kingdom. Do you know the other one? Uh, I do. Does it involve a pet cemetery? It and does. And not Stephen King's. It does, and you can you can tell me all about it. Uh, as you exit uh, the Haunted Mansion, there is a pet cemetery, and much like the rest of the queue, uh, it has some, uh, you know, funny tombstones and uh, some animatronics in it. But if you look at the very top in the back of the pet cemetery, there is a statue of Mr. Toad with a tip of the cap towards you. So Mr. Toad is still there, but he's in a cemetery now. Well, I mean, if you think about the end of the ride, he does die. So that that seems like an appropriate final resting place for Mr. Toad. That's right. That's right. So... Love that. Love the inclusion of the the Haunted Mansion. I think that's a perfect way to give tribute to rides that have gone the way of the Dodo at the Magic Kingdom or Disneyland, either one. I mean, if you're going to pay tribute to them somewhere, it might as well be in the cemetery at the Haunted Mansion. That's a (laughs) pretty... Whoa, I don't know what word was about to come out, but I meant prestigious location. Um, All of us should be so lucky, really. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just don't try and spread your ashes in the Haunted Mansion. No, no ash spreading. That is frowned upon. Yes, yes. Uh, you will get thrown out and sent to Disney jail. Yeah, another way to go to Disney jail. We, we've listed a lot of different ways you can end up in Disney jail. Um, 
I was going to mention while you mentioned uh, Winnie the, the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. That's one of the rides on my list of, of uh, attractions I was on that broke down and I had to get walked off of. So, Ooh. yeah, so that's on there. It's almost like Mr. Toad was coming back to, you know, exact his revenge. <laughs> and he's playing with the, the mechanics, shutting down that ride occasionally. Like you said, gone but never forgotten. Yeah, so I, I see you, Mr. Toad. I know you're still there. <laughs> As it turns out, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride did close on September 7th, 1998, um, which was just two days before my birthday, and I'll never forget. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's people protested, you know, much like any change that yeah. happens in the Magic Kingdom um, or really Epcot or anywhere, people don't like it. And uh, we've talked about the kinds of, uh, like, the connections people have with these rides being that, you know, they, they rode them, they took their kids to rode them, what, what ride them, whatever it may be, but they've definitely got, you know, fondness and memories tied to these things. And there, I'm sure there are people out there who are like, yeah, absolutely, this was the right thing to do to close the ride, but you're always going to have these people who are like, you can't change anything. And I'm not saying I'm one of those people, but I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sometimes, you know, uh, to keep up with the times and keep stuff fresh, uh, sometimes you do have to make sacrifices. But speaking on the protest, that was one of the more surprising things that I discovered while doing research for this. Uh, there was there was a Save Toad website that had listed the names and addresses of Disney higher ups and executives <laughs> if you wanted to, like, I guess, put pressure on them that way. And then there were actual in in park protests yeah for in front in front of this uh attraction i just thought that was crazy yeah that okay names and addresses of higher-ups at disney like in the theme parks area that's that to me is is maybe a little too far we call um, that doxing these days yeah that's just a bit too far um, i don't mind if people wanted to do you know some sort of a demonstration in front of the ride and just say no leave it whatever but as long you know i don't know what kind of extent it went to um and in all honesty, Disney probably didn't have that big of a problem with people right. coming inside exactly. the park to protest because guess what they had to do to get in the park? Buy a ticket. Yep. So You played yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Much like riding go-karts at Disney. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Don't at me. Don't at me. <laughs> um, all right. Landon, did you have anything else before we wrap up Mr. Toad? Uh, no, I think we've hit all my notes and uh, all the stuff that I'm – bringing to the, oh uh did, did we clarify you don't actually go to hell it's quote the inferno room but everybody knows it's totally hell did we did we hit that we didn't hit that we have now so yeah if if you want to go back and and kind of listen again but just replace every time we said hell to the inferno room feel free to do that it'll give us Absolutely. another download we're okay with that <laughs> um but yeah that that's true because they didn't want to just come out and say it but it's totally come on come on guys that's he yeah. double hockey sticks Devils, dragons, and a judge. I mean, that right there screams hell. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, RIP, Mr. Toad. Again, um, we, we, we miss thee, but we can still relive the memories if we ever make it out to California. And uh, if, if there are those of you out there who experienced Mr. Toad, I would love to know what your perspective on that was. Did you, as a child, or maybe even, you know, maybe you were a little older than me when you wrote it? I don't know. Um, was it scary to you? Was it something that you felt was disturbing? Or did you just, you know, it was just a fun ride in an antique car and you thought it was a good time? Um, I'd love to kind of know because I haven't, this isn't something that I've had a chance to really talk to a lot of people who've experienced it. So hit us up on Twitter at Morning Monorail. You know where to find us. Uh, yeah. But you can find Landon in a few other places and I'm going to tell you where. 
He's got his very own website. It's called buttmunchchips.com. That's sit on your butt and munch. Don't get it wrong. And you, if you go to that website, it's going to link to a lot of other landing opportunities for you. The first is a little podcast called Got Talk or Game of Thrones Talk. If you're into Game of Thrones, this was a podcast where he and Hunter East are diving, doing a deep dive, if you will, into each episode of Season 7 of Game of Thrones. So you can hop on there. You can also hear him on Near Fall Radio, all about sweet the sweet science of professional wrestling. And then we both are on a little podcast called Nerd News Cafe. And uh, I one thing I always neglect to mention when we mention Nerd News Cafe, not safe for children. Um, yeah, yeah. After a certain somebody came on the show, uh, it became not very safe for work. <laughs> so while you may be tempted because you're like, oh, that sounds like a fun, silly place uh, to go hang out. It is, but maybe for the more mature audience. So there's your disclaimer for the day. Um, yeah, this is this is like your your Magic Kingdom. Nerd News Cafe is more like Pleasure Island. Think of it that Oh, way. there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Well, Landon, thanks so much for joining me once again. We will see you on the M340 segment next week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. This is the final segment of episode number 26. And today, we're going to do something that we had talked about doing a little bit ever since we got back from Disney at the end of July. And that is do a little bit more detailed reviews of some of the things that we experienced, especially those things we experienced for the first time on this latest trip that we took. So today, we wanted to kind of do our review and I wish McKenna was here for this. Me too. But we're going to do our review of the 50s Primetime Cafe. Yeah! So this was something that when we went back in 2014, we had thought about going to this restaurant. We debated it a lot. We ended up going to the uh, Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater. Mm-hmm. Which was cool. And it was a cool experience. The food was fine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... We definitely put this on the short list of must-dos whenever we got back to Disney, so we were very excited to try it this time, because we've always heard really good things about it from right. the people who have been, especially from the atmosphere, the experience, the interaction you get with your aunts or cousins, I think is what they call Yeah, they're cousins. Yeah. So let's just kind of talk about what we thought about it. From from the time you check in, you, know, you, you let them know you've arrived. The waiting area is like a living room in a 50s house. We actually sat in front of a TV on like some uh, lounger kind of chairs and yep. and uh, waited for our name to be called. And I, I've got a picture actually of the waiting area we were hanging out in. I think the Mickey Mouse Club was playing on the little tube TV. And it really looks like we're in the living room of a house. Yeah, it's it, pretty cool. Yeah. So it was pretty neat. The theming was cool, just right from the bat, right from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. And we were sitting where the waiting area is is right where the bar is. So I think they call it the tune in lounge. Is is the bar area? And I mean, I would say I don't think that I would like that's that bar. Really, to me, was more of like a hey, let's run in and get a quick drink kind of place. I can't imagine like hanging out there for very long. Yeah. 
it was kind of noisy, kind of busy because it was packed in the waiting area when we were in there. Right. And really the theming of the bar wasn't great. No, it just actually looked like a bar. Yeah. So nothing special just from our perspective there, but it did have TVs like up on yeah. old looking old TVs, TVs, but that's, that's the most they gave you. Yeah. And I think I've heard you can get, um, you can order like stuff that you can get on the menu from the restaurant. You can get it at the bar. Oh, okay. So if you don't have reservations and there's room at the bar, you could always do that if you wanted to get this food. Yeah, but it was crowded at the bar too. It was crowded. Yeah. So they call our name. We go back into the dining room and the dining room looks like a 50s kitchen. Yeah. Um, it's kind of windy. It's almost like a maze. You really want to stay with your cousin that's taking you to the table because <laughs> because you have to kind of weave in and out because there aren't big open areas. It's really just like a walkway and tables on either side, and they've got it kind of walled off. You know what I also remember? What? The tile on the floor reminds me of the tile that we had in our elementary school when we were kids. <laughs> just like old white tile with the gray little spots through it you know but it's not tile like has grout in between it it's like pieces that actually fit together you know what i'm talking about i get it i can picture what you're saying okay yeah um yeah but i think we had watched some videos before ever going to the 50s primetime cafe and we saw that there were these tables that were kind of set up in a corner where you Basically, you had like a TV up on a wall and there were some shelves with knickknacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the table jutted out from that wall and you sat on either side of it. And we were hoping that we were going to get a table like that because it was a it's a cool looking table. Um, we didn't, unfortunately, get a table like that. No, we didn't. Ours was a bench on one side, weren't, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And then uh, chairs on the other side and there was a table there. And, and a table beside us. And a table beside us. Like there was a little space and a table beside us. Uh, on either side, I think. Well, mm-hmm. the other one side of us, it was an opening, and oh, then yeah. there was a table over there. You're right, there. and there was almost there was like a uh, like a window behind you that looked into the next dining right. room. It looked like a kitchen window. Yeah, like a kitchen window. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a TV like up in the corner, but it didn't feel like we were in our own little kitchen. Yeah, it felt like we were in a restaurant a little more because mm-hmm. of that. I think. Um, I was jealous because right behind us was one of the tables that I wanted to get and it was open when they seated us and I was like, dang it. Um, but anyway, uh, our server came out. He was really fun. He was fun. He was really, really gave the kids, uh, uh, not really a hard time. I wouldn't say, but he was, he liked messing with you guys and kind of teasing you. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, you said he was going to make me wash dishes. He didn't do that. No, he didn't make you wash dishes. He didn't fuss at you really about eating your vegetables or anything. But I didn't have vegetables. Oh, I can't, what, what did you order? Got chicken noodle soup. That's right. You got the noodle soup, so you didn't have to worry about it. Uh, but I will say, he made a pretty big deal about everybody cleaning their plates. And if you did clean your plate, you got a sticker. Right. And that became the objective for everybody was, at the table. It was I easy for me because I got chicken noodle soup. And it yeah. wasn't that much. Yeah. yeah. I did not get a sticker, but I also didn't enjoy my food. Yeah, that's right. So do you remember what you ordered? I do. What was it? The chicken pot pie. That's right. You got the chicken pot pie and you were not a fan. I I love um, chi- like chicken pot pies. I think they're good. Um, but this one, it was, it was almost like the vegetables were too chunky and the 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 uh cream 
pot pie stuff, the creamy stuff that puts it all in together. Mm-hmm. Got cold really fast. I just didn't think it tastes very good. What did you think about the pastry? Um, t- did you try it? It was just phyllo. Oh, okay. Like, or maybe like, not phyllo, maybe like, I don't know, it was, it was pie crust, but it, it was pretty flaky, but it wasn't great. I don't know, I mean... My whole dish was fine. Yeah. But I was super jealous of everyone else's dishes because you guys got delicious food. Like, I wish someone would have steered me away from the chicken pot pie. Well, it was tempting. It looks good in pictures. It really does. And, and other people have said they really like the chicken pot pie. Yeah. So, I don't know. You're not a huge chicken pot pie person anyway. I do like chicken pot not, pie. But it's not like your favorite thing. Because you're not a big chicken person. Well, I'm not... I don't like home cooking like what we went to yeah. eat anyway. So I was like, well, I'm going to try to go for something. Because I don't, I don't like all the like overly gravied like fried chicken and all that stuff. Um, and then I thought, well, I'll get the chicken pot pie. It's a little different, a little healthier, probably not as much. But no, it, it, I, I definitely made a bad decision. And by the way, their pot roast was amazing yeah okay we'll get to that um in just a second you ordered the um, chicken pot pie which clocks in at 23 dollars yeah it wasn't for the worth 23 dollars people garrett got the chicken noodle soup which was is really just considered an appetizer nine dollars but it was enough for him it was a pretty big bowl yeah. right I and wasn't, i wasn't that hungry anyways yeah what did you think about it was it really good you're a fan of chicken noodle soup. It it was chicken noodle soup. As good as that can get. There's not much varying you can do with chicken noodle soup. What did you... Is it like um, on the creamier side? Like say, compare it to the canned Campbell's chicken noodle soup that you get from home. Well, it definitely tasted more fresh than that. What about know? like Jason's Deli? Compared to Jason's Deli, how did that one? Uh, the noodles kind of felt the same, but... It tasted more chickeny. More chicken. Maybe than more broth. Jason's Deli does. Okay. Would you get it again? Yeah. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, that's good. So so you were pretty satisfied. Now, I couldn't decide on one meal. So no, I talked you into this actually. You did, but I it, I really was torn between several different things cuz the meatloaf looked good to me. I I wanted to try the fried chicken, but in order to feel like I didn't miss out on anything, I went for a sampling of mom's favorite recipes. And that comes with the fried chicken, the pot roast, and the meatloaf with all the fixings. And really, it's a pretty big plate. I mean, I was hungry. I, I cleaned my plate. <laughs> yeah. I ate it all. It was all really good, though. Like, I was really satisfied with it. The fried chicken was really good. Uh, the pork roast, the, I mean, the pot roast was good. And... um I'm not a huge pot roast person. Yeah. But but I did like the pot roast. And the meatloaf was probably my least favorite of the three. I don't really it like was, meatloaf. But I do like meatloaf. And this meatloaf, to me, I remember it being a bit dry. Mm. Um, okay. But the veggies were good. I mean, I ate it all. Obviously, I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, and that was a $26 meal. And McKenna got fried chicken. She did. She just got the fried chicken. Um, so that comes with garlic mashed potatoes chicken gravy and the vegetables $24 she's not here to tell you but she she was happy she was happy she struggled because it was a lot of food there was a lot of food on her plate 
And uh, I think she did end up getting a sticker finally, right? Because she was fighting for it. Yeah. She I, wanted that clean plate club sticker. I did not get a sticker, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> I think you're the only one who didn't. I'm pretty sure I am the only one who didn't get one. Yeah. Do you remember, did you order a special drink? Yeah. Um. No, I think I just got a beer. You, I think you're right. I got the Grandma's Picnic Punch. Yeah, I couldn't drink that. I got uh, Shirley Temple. Yeah, you got a Shirley Temple. How was your Shirley Temple? Uh, good. <laughs> okay. Grandma's Picnic Punch was good. Thirteen fifty for the drink. I mean, it's hard to, to say, do I feel like it was worth it? I, it was a little sweet. I feel like a lot of the cocktails that I had at Disney were on a little on the sweet side. Yeah. The ones that I picked. This one probably wouldn't, you know, be my favorite one that I had, but it was it was good. Yeah, it, it felt it tasted pretty strong. That's good. But it was, you paid thirteen dollars for a shot of liquor. Yeah, but it was a little bit sweet. And then we did do dessert. Yes, we did do dessert. There's a couple signature items at the Fifties Prime Time Cafe uh, on the dessert menu that you are always recommended to try. One of them is the. Uh, peanut butter and jelly milkshake which if you're a fan of peanut butter and jelly i mean how could you make it better make it into a milkshake right and put, i love peanut butter and yeah. jelly <laughs> sounds gross no it, just because it, of the jelly it's very creamy creamy sweet savory all mixed together that was a good time that's nine dollars for that shake and then the other signature item is actually the uh, dad's favorite chocolate Chocolate peanut butter layered cake, which $8, or you can go all a mode for 10 if you want to kick it up a notch. Go all a mode. Yeah. And that is very tasty as well. In my opinion, the experience in this restaurant was good. I really enjoyed interacting with our, our cousin, our server. I wish I remembered his name. He was awesome. He was great. We he also... Gave us, he gave Kevin. us a hard... He, no, I don't think it was Kevin. Mm-hmm. He gave us a hard time because McKenna couldn't say caramel. Because she was saying caramel. Caramel. She was saying caramel. 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 Yep. <laughs> and he wrote that down for her on a sheet of paper. He tried to spell what caramel must be spelled like. Yeah. K-E-R-M-E-L, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he wrote that down for her. Um, but... He was fun. He was a, he was really entertaining and gave us the experience we expected. I really did want him to make the kids wash dishes or or maybe fuss at them if they didn't eat their uh, vegetables. But he was he was easy on them overall. It, the thing was, we put the fear in them going in there, and I told them that that they were going to get fussed at by whoever our server was if they didn't do a good job eating. Yes. And so both of them made sure to try to eat without any issue. They did. And there was another server that she didn't really, like, interact necessarily with us, but there were a few things that I saw her do. And um, one of the funniest things was she really fussed at... She was kind of like the grumpy old grandma cousin. (laughs) And she fussed at someone from her table because they got up to go to the bathroom. And when they came to sit back down, she was like, where have you been? And... Um, he said, I had to go to the bathroom and she said, well, did you ask permission? (laughs) You didn't ask permission. She was like, do I come to your house and just walk around wherever I want to go without asking permission first and all this other stuff. It was pretty funny. So they, the, all of the servers seem to really get like into it Mm -hmm. and interactive with everyone. It's nice. It is. 
And I mean, that's why you go really. They're the ones that kind of bring that experience to life. Mm-hmm. And I think when we were talking to Kevin, we almost compared it to like Disney's version of a Dick's Last Resort. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of bring you in and fuss at you and give you a hard time. But it really isn't as bad as like, it's not going to, it shouldn't give anybody anxiety about what that interaction is going to no. be like. Um, it's just fun. It's all in good fun. I think his name was Michael. It may have been Michael. It may have been. Yeah. He was pretty cool. He was, and I wish we had given him the proper shout out, but yeah. uh, but you know who you are if you're out there listening to us. No, he doesn't. No, he he doesn't. has a lot of people he's waits yeah. on. He doesn't remember us at all. Well, he might remember remember Kermel. <laughs> um, That's true. McKenna's new nickname. Yeah. Uh, I would put the food above what we had from Sci-Fi. I think the food was better. Okay. I think yeah. the I think the dessert offerings, the drinks are better, but I, I did get a glow cube from Sci-Fi. I never I never pass up on. Glow I got cubes. a glow cube from uh, Prime Time. You did because that's right. They put a glow glow cube in your. You got a special um, cup. But I did like Sci-Fi more because I got like other stuff. Like inside of chicken noodle soup, I got a burger. Mm-hmm. And I remember the burger because it looked like a TV one, like really perfect. Mm. Like. It just looked very... Yeah, because burgers never look like what they do on TV. And the shake was really good there. Okay. So Garrett would put sci-fi food above 50s primetime. What what were you saying? I don't know how you would rank them. I can't remember what 50s or what uh, sci-fi tastes like. We eat fried stuff there, if I remember right, like burgers and fries. possible. Like tenders and stuff. I don't think we had anything that really stood out. I wish I had ordered the pot roast. Because then I would be happy. But if it were between my chicken pot pie um, and what I ate at Sci-Fi, I'd probably rather eat Sci-Fi. But if I could get that pot roast, I'd get that. that. And I don't even really like pot roast that much. Yeah. It was good. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm not a huge pot roast person, but I liked it. I liked it. Um, Experience-wise, atmosphere and experience Oh, definitely hands down 50s prime time. Over sci-fi? Yeah. Um, that's hard. I really liked the sci-fi one. Yeah, because we had a cool table. We were actually sitting in one of the cars. We were sitting in a car and, and we I, were watching I got movie. to watch movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, Old spooky sci-fi movies. Prime time was good too. So it was kind of, my experience was a, a bit worse because I was scared the whole time. You were scared. Yeah, because I thought that I was going to have to wash dishes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's that's the worst fear a child can have, the threat of chores. I also (laughs) thought he was going to be mean to me. Yeah. I know. That was our fault, I guess. Yeah. Dad's fault. I really thought that the whole idea of the kids getting yelled at by our server tickled me. (laughs) I wanted that to happen. You're so mean. I know. I've said it numerous times, especially on the M340 segment with Landon. Um, one of the things that has become very obvious to me doing this podcast is I'm a terrible parent. So Yeah, well, <laughs> we got to give them a reason to need counseling. <laughs> yeah. Remember us fondly in therapy, Garrett. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, we do, I think, but we would recommend you go to both places, really. Yeah. Both, yeah. Are, both are fun experiences. Um, if you could only pick one... I would say go 50s, um, but, I mean, I think it's really what your preference is. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I'd say if 50s is too busy, you go to sci-fi. Yeah. But you'd put 50s first? 
or you're just saying based on my recommendation if you can't get 50s yeah. go sci-fi okay i don't really i don't really have an opinion otherwise <laughs> okay <laughs> thanks garrett <laughs> all right well why don't we wrap it up garrett since you're here with us today you've got to give your infamous final thought so what's your final thought of the day chicken mcnuggets okay gosh garrett chicken mcnuggets wonderful I'm pretty sure he said chicken last time he He's, was here. I said chicken McNuggets <laughs> this time. Oh. I didn't say chicken McNuggets. Great. So he changed it just a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Next time it'll just be chicken nuggets. <laughs> and then chicken uggets. And then chick nugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the program. We are going to be back again next week. But until then... You can interact with us on Twitter. You can email us, call our voicemail. All those details are in the outro voiceover. So hang around and listen to that. It's a blast. And you even get a little shout-out from Mickey at the end. And Kate, for those of you who turn us off early, you're missing out on Mickey every time. Don't do that. I turn us off early. <sighs> People never stay for the credits. <laughs> Takes too long. And until we meet again, have a magical week. Later. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings, and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all real soon.